Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. I'm Beth Morey and this is One Torn Every Minute, the podcast where we talk about giving birth. Today I'm joined by one of the nation's favourite broadcasters, Jane Garvey. Jane, uh, thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show. Um, I hope I don't instantly make you regret it when I ask, uh, can we <sighs> run a gloved finger around your cervix? Um, oh my God. <laughs> by summarising how many times you've given birth and when. Okay, uh, I have I have got two daughters. Uh, mm-hmm. One born um, in the final weeks of the twentieth century, ah. so December nineteen ninety nine, and the other one born in February of two thousand and three. So two, two thousand and three. So um, yeah. I I wouldn't ordinarily ask you to choose a favourite child, but I'm going to this time. Um, <laughs> okay. and I want you to choose your favourite birth. Um, oh. For okay. us to talk about, we'll delve into the other one, but I like to focus on one favorite birth. And um, this will outrage. I can't make it. I can't because <laughs> my daughters are quite competitive about this to the degree that, for example, with security codes and passwords, I have to divide them. Oh yeah, I do that naturally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I obviously mean the worst birth. Really, what's the most gruesome and terrible and traumatic okay. one that we can discuss? <laughs> I mean, I don't know whether they'd be happy with knowing that. <laughs> Well, no, I, I, I think one of the benefits of having daughters, actually, if you're a mum, you do get the chance to talk a lot to your daughters about birth. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's actually rather useful. It's good to relive these moments. I don't know, because I haven't got sons, I don't know whether women with sons are allowed to have those conversations to the, to the degree that I've had with my children because obviously they are interested because they're thinking they they might they might go through it too so they'd quite like to know about it oh well my sons are interested because it's talking about poo and bums so they're really keen they want to know about coming out my front bottom all the time yes well uh, my children didn't come out of my front bottom so no cesareans uh, we love the diversity of birth on this show Okay, well, I ha- you see, that's where I can't... The reason I can't distinguish between the births, although there was one funny thing about my first birth, which I will talk about, um, is that they were both elective caesareans. So yes. there was no drama, I have to say, um, in the actual delivery room, thank goodness. I was incredibly well looked after by the NHS at um, Queen Charlotte's Hospital um, in uh, West London. And um, I've no complaints about the operating theatre at all. <laughs> I think, like a lot of like a lot of women, some of the aftercare was a little variable. I'll be I'll be honest yep. with you. <laughs> and um, I think sometimes we don't talk honestly enough about just how variable it can be. And also, if like me, you've had rather a fortunate life. You know, my mum and dad were very are ah, very nice people. I wrote them off there for a second. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was well looked after and nurtured and. 
lots of good treatment. I was, I was a bit surprised to discover that sometimes in maternity hospitals, um, the people there can be can be a little brusque. I, I mean, I know they're. I know they're busy, um, but I, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we've I encountered, think, uh, we've all encountered this. Okay. <laughs> variations. Um, well, Ooh. can I take you back then to 1999, yeah. pregnant with your first child? Um, how how pregnant did you get before you had the cesarean? Were you full term? Um, well, it's interesting. I don't know if uh, anybody listening remembers the millennium bug Yes. Which was, right, was, was a big threat, or so mm. we were told, or potentially a big threat. Yeah, and then it the, didn't happen and everyone was moaning. But the exactly. reason it didn't happen was because we prepared. Isn't that weird? It's funny how I things know. can be a bit better if you prepare for them. Yes, um, strange, isn't but it? I'm glad you said that because people do forget and they, do, they don't always understand that what you say is true, that because we prepared, it <laughs> wasn't was no such bug. a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it was a worry for those of us who were about to give birth. Um, and I also worked at Radio 5 Live at the time doing a, a news and sports show. And obviously we were covering this and I was thinking, oh, God, why, oh, why have I picked this time? <laughs> um, it, it, it was a, a, some some concern to me. And our um, our house was absolutely filled with bottled water, which we were all told we had to stock oh, up on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all coming back to you, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so there was an atmosphere of faint panic, a sort of rum, a distant rumble of panic. As, we really as... did think the world was going to end, didn't we? Well, we thought it might. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was, by then, I'm five foot one. And I would say five foot one and a half, actually, because I was measured in the antenatal clinic. Um, it's important, that uh, half. I know it. Bloody, it bloody is when you haven't got many inches to play with. It mm. was extremely important. I um, I was uh, probably, what's my fighting weight? I'm trying to think about what I weigh now. I haven't weighed myself for a while, but I would <laughs> imagine I'm probably sort of nine stone-ish. I, you know, I'm not big. I've never been skinny. I'm sort of just somewhere in the middle. And when I was, by this stage, in the December of 1999, I was well over 13 stone, mm. which for me is is big. It, I mean, it is big. And I do remember on one occasion, I, I actually fell over in the street in front of some workmen because <laughs> I just couldn't balance properly. I was like I, a weeble. Had, yeah, I was like a weeble. I mean, I haven't got brilliant motor skills anyway. And um, it, it was it was deeply humiliating. <laughs> I should say the baby was all right and I wasn't injured, but uh, I did feel, yeah, it's one of those moments I wish I could take that one back and put it away somewhere. Uh, so I wasn't really in the best shape of my life. I mean, obviously you shouldn't be in the best, so-called best shape of your life when you're you're pregnant. But anyway, um, I also had um, and have, presumably, although I haven't checked it lately, a bicornuate uterus. And how did they find that out? They found that out because I had a miscarriage in an earlier pregnancy. Yeah. And um, as anyone anyone who's ever had a miscarriage knows, I always say, and I've said it on Woman's Hour quite a few times, the only people who underestimate a miscarriage are people who've never had a miscarriage. Yes, Um, very true. Absolutely shit. And Mm. um, anyone who has been there will um, understand why I say that. Um, and when I was having the miscarriage, I, w- I went to, uh, I actually was admitted to Queen Charlotte's and um, <laughs> the chap, um, a very junior doctor, uh, examined me um, with the, oh, what's that thing, the, the wand that they put in into your, um, in, as far as they can get it up your vagina towards the cervix. Oh, right. I, I don't know about the wand. I've only ever f- experienced the hand. 
Okay. At least I don't know. Maybe I have, and I don't remember. But uh, you might not. You might not remember. I think a wand is. Oh God! I mean, I'm I'm testing my knowledge of <laughs> obstetrics and gynaecology here. But uh, anyway, um, the bloke um, said, and he didn't mean to say it to um, disturb me, but he did say something along the lines of, "I've never seen anything like this before." <laughs> wow! <laughs> Which actually, I think he was quite junior. So, and and late, later in the day, a much more senior um, doctor came to see me, a woman actually, and said, look, um, I understand you were upset by what was said to you before. And of course I was upset because I was having a miscarriage yes. and, I was, uh, and it was my first pregnancy. And um, uh, she was very sweet. And before she discharged me from the hospital, because you, know, you don't, fortunately, you don't need to stay in hospital very long if you are having a miscarriage. Um, on that occasion, I'd had a DNC, so I'd had one quite efficiently mm-hmm. uh, and very fortunately I think it's probably better to have a DNC than to go home and have a so-called natural miscarriage which I have done as well and which is you know not fun um, and she said I want you to know that there is a chance that you you will have children please don't please don't think that you won't but just to define bicornuate uterus because I don't want to mislead people and I'm very conscious of it's quite easy to do that um, can I just give you the Wikipedia definition of mm-hmm. a bicornuate uterus? It's not that uncommon, by the way. Um, a bicornuate uterus uh, is a type of malarian anomaly in the human uterus where there is a deep indentation at the top of the uterus. Um, and as you can, people can look it up just in case they're interested, but it isn't that uncommon. And it can, I'm choosing my words carefully here, it can cause miscarriages, yeah. but equally... It might not. And you've had two children, which indicates that there is yes. yeah. hope. Yeah. I had no trouble at all getting pregnant. I had trouble staying pregnant. Mm-hmm. But that, that may very well have been, I ended up having three miscarriages, but I, I, um, that may very well have been because of my age. I was already, I had my eldest daughter when I was 35. So, you know, there's all sorts of different, reasons why miscarriage occurs and I'm just I'm really anxious not to worry anybody or equally um give anybody false hope because Mm -hmm. this is such a difficult area and and um I I I, because of my woman's hour wearing my woman's hour head I do feel a responsibility to try and get the information accurate but as you Um, say it is really important to talk about it because they are so sort of staggeringly demoralizing and traumatizing um, yes. And yeah, and uh, can happen for no reason at all, as well as a reason. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, there are cases where women have them at their so called peak uh, childbearing age, mm-hmm. uh, just completely out of the blue. Uh, and yes, of course. So that, that that's why I just think the more we discuss it and the more we acknowledge the, the pain, um, I hope the easier it is for people going through it. Yes. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I had a, a miscarriage and it, it. I found it, even though I was a bit ambiguous about being pregnant and that mm. the actual physical side of it was, I would say, very, very minor. I found the hormones yeah. and the emotion oh, of yeah. it horrific, absolutely well, that, horrific. That crash is something like you, I can't, I can't, I cannot compare it to anything else. No. Um, you're just, you're literally a beaten woman. Um, yes. And it's it's horrendous. It's absolutely horrendous. So I, I really, I, I think if we don't acknowledge just how 
completely crap it is, then um, <laughs> I think it's doing people, uh, women, a real, a real disservice. Um, Absolutely, yeah. So I was treated actually at the miscarriage clinic at St Mary's in Paddington, and um, the women were in there who'd had seventeen. <gasps> You know, oh, it's, it's just soul it's destroying. Dire. I feel. It's I mean, I actually do feel very, very lucky that I only had one. Yeah. Um, but on a happier note, yes. Even back with to, your dented, <laughs> even with your dented uterus, you have. Yes. Um, uh, you've got pregnant, and you are full term, and you're. Yes. Well, I was because that was what I was going to say in answer to your question about two or three days ago. Um, I. It was thought better that I should have the baby by elective caesarean a week before her due date, um, just to make sure that I didn't go into labour. Because if I had, she was also a transverse lie. So is that where they're just in the wrong position? Yes, and that again may have been because of my the shape of my uterus. Right. So she she was lying across me, and um, which is not where you should be. No. <laughs> Eight it's not point. ideal. <laughs> no, and it was. It had got to the stage where uh, Weebling Jane, I could actually feel. I could. You could almost see her skull. Um, <laughs> I can still picture it now, sort of to poking to out the, your side. It was sort of it's poking out of my right side. Yeah, <laughs> um, and if you pressed, you know, you, you could feel the little human head. <laughs> so, it's quite um, weird, isn't it? <laughs> it was a bit weird. I mean, the whole business. The whole business is weird, and that. Never mind um, the pain of miscarriage. Sometimes we just don't acknowledge just how weird it is. I think have... it's badly designed. <laughs> yeah, it's just to have another person. I mean, what is? It's just very freaky. <laughs> yes. um, and we we do need to uh, we need to talk about it more. So, in that spirit, I was admitted to Queen Charlotte's Hospital. Uh, usual, you know, come at seven in the morning. Um, oh, for the my, triage. For all the all the uh, pubic hair shaving and everything else, um, <laughs> which they offered back in 1999. It's like being at a spa, really, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's a, it was a... Well, if you've ever been in the... it was This is the old Queen Charlotte's Hospital in West London, so not the swish new one at nestling attractively next door to oh. one with scrubs, but the, but the previous one. So um, more shorn like a sheep than an, in a spa. Yeah. <laughs> a bit, yes, much more sure, like a sheep. And um, all that happened very early in the morning on December the 17th, 1999. But long story short, I never had the baby. I didn't have the baby that day because um, I was, as an elective caesarean, you're not, you're bumped, you keep being bumped <laughs> oh, down Oh, yes. And isn't it true that you're not allowed, is it nil by mouth? So you just get really thirsty yes. and hungry. I was allowed to suck or lick an ice cube from memory at about half past three in the afternoon. That was nice of them. Yeah, yes, it was. And um, I was, uh, yeah, well, well, there's no feeling like it, knowing, lying there, knowing that your life is about to change in ways that you sort of think you might understand. <laughs> but the truth is you don't really. No. Nope. Uh, and you can't have a drink. And you know how, I mean, I was, I'd put on a lot of weight in pregnancy, partly because I was starving permanently. Mm. Um, and also I love a cup of tea. And you know, it was just, I, I don't know, I, I, it was one of the longer days of my life. Um, and You know, another person who this happened to told me yeah. that the reason that you're not allowed anything mm -hmm. is simply because you might throw up in the delivery room. And we concluded that couldn't they just let you throw up? I mean, like, much worse mm. stuff is coming out. Well, I'm not a doctor. Is that really the reason? Well, that's what she was told because she 
did actually throw up, but it was just bile because she didn't have anything left. That's nice, Beth. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, There you go. Oh. Um, Although, if you can't take a bit of bile, don't become a parent. Well, um, no, I mean, there's plenty of vomit, isn't there? (laughs) Okay, well, I I, I don't know that. I I, I enjoyed that suck of the ice cube and... um, but in the end, was sent home at seven o'clock that night. Oh, that is so <laughs> awful! <laughs> I know. But what was good about that was that I went back to my house and my because I, it was going to be the first grandchild in either of the two families, so the grandparents had all gathered to welcome this <laughs> event. And um, my mom and my then mother-in-law uh, were waiting back at the house and put together this huge pasta feast for this ravenous and still pregnant woman. And I, there is a picture of me, which I will not share. My closest friends have seen it because it makes them laugh in times of trouble. Uh, I am sitting wearing a mother care denim um, smock and eating what looks like a bucket of pasta. <laughs> But you, so you were allowed to. They didn't say, oh, no, you still can't eat anything. In the evening I was allowed to eat as long as they waited and then I had to stop at midnight. I think I ate up until about midnight from memory. I think it was midnight. Anyway, then went back to... Because they were slightly embarrassed about the fact that um, I had been kept waiting all day. By the way, it's only ever for good reasons. There were some emergencies and I wasn't an emergency. No, no. um, They didn't really want me to go into labour, but I I wasn't an emergency. Had I gone into labour, I think I might have become one. So, um, because she still wasn't in the right position, they were nowhere near it and couldn't be shifted. Um, so um, we laugh about this now, of course. It's <laughs> and also, it's really reassuring to know that you're not the emergency, that they're kind of bored by you, because that is the thing that yes. makes you feel like it's fine. Yeah, although I like to, I don't want to boast, but I think I was of moderate interest, and my my um, placenta was taken away as part of a research project. <gasps> Oh, oh, hang on, I want to come to that. Uh, I'm a narcissist broadcaster, so we need to own these little moments where... um, Did you feel the urge to narrate your caesarean as you went along, (laughs) just in case, for posterity? I should have done, although the bloke who did it, I think, had done Eleanor Aldroyd the month before. Um, and Eleanor is a great um, friend of mine and a broadcaster on Five Live. And, <laughs> so he um, had experience of broadcasters. <laughs> he, he was a bit sort of sick of Five Live presenters. They were sort of like, we were all of the same sort of vintage, all um, had kids around the same time. So I think he was just, oh, God, here's another one. Um, but, of course, even even broadcasters are, uh, put things in perspective when they meet people who are actually really important, like doctors and nurses. So, um, no. I was. Uh, they were very, very kind to me. I think actually, and eventually did, and they did the elective cesarean as a bit of a treat for me on a Saturday morning, which I don't think they would normally have done. Uh, actually, abdominal to be surgery fair. is always a real treat, I find. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it was just that because they, I don't. Th- I think I'm right in saying I don't think they normally do electives on on Saturday morning. Saturday morning. I, I, I'm you not were sure. special. I was always clinging to the fact that I might be special. And it was <laughs> it was nearly Christmas as well, which was lovely. So we had Christmas carols playing in the oh, I had a Christmas bit. baby and did the same did thing. Yeah. Oh. Christmas carols to give birth to, which my mum said, won't that ruin Christmas carols for you? But it didn't. No, well, did you you had an elective cesarean as no, well? No, it was no. A, a natural birth. Uh, but oh. I thought, you know, it would be nice to listen to to carols while I did it. And I mean, could look, you, were you really listening to the carols? I, I mean, looking back, I don't really know what I was thinking, but it was a plan, I suppose. I don't yeah. really remember, you know. No. The no. holly and the ivy as I pushed oh. him out. Oh, God. <laughs>
Hello, I'm Justin. And I'm Lucy. And together we are the hosts of Plenty Questions. It's a very straightforward general knowledge quiz. We ask you 20 questions, one after the other, five second gap in between, and you shout the answers out. And then you tweet us to let us know how you've got on. See if you can get 20 out of 20. No one has so far, but that's because we haven't started doing it yet. Mm, But we will. Uh, And there's also going to be some fiendish brain teasers, so join us for Plenty Plenty Questions. No, you see, I I feel is it no? There's a, you know, there's a bit of anguish about, um, and I try not to indulge in this. You're not. Who am I to talk about childbirth when I've only and I the only is in speech marks there mm. had elective cesareans. So many women have talked about this. It's an interesting debate, isn't it? What do you think? I I gave birth naturally twice, and the second right. time was technically without pain relief. And there were loads of people who would say, oh, you know, you should be proud of you. I don't feel remotely proud of myself or pleased. Don't you see? Why not? I feel indifferent um, because mm. I'd rather it hadn't hurt and that I hadn't done it at all. Um, what, do you, what do you mean? I just, I don't feel any sense of pride or or anything about, I would just, if, if somebody have said, right, you can just sort of fast forward and there'll be a click and we just knock mm. you out and then and then it's all done. I would have chosen mm. that because I okay. just wanted no pain and no experience at all. <laughs> um, so I don't <laughs> feel, but lots of women have, have, and I've talked about how resentful they are that they feel that shred of, oh, you know, I only had a caesarean. Mm, mm. It is complicated, isn't it? Mm. Um, and this is something else that isn't widely discussed. I... I don't. I don't really give in to the idea that I should feel embarrassed that I didn't give birth naturally. Partly because I would regard that as a huge indulgence, mm. um, especially after having miscarriages. To have two healthy um, children, um, I think you should shut up and just mm. accept. <laughs> um, just accept um, your good, your great good fortune. Uh, acknowledge. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And, and move on. Um, but I'm interested in some of the perceived differences between uh, giving birth naturally and doing what I did. And of course, um, it's not without, you know, every time I get in the shower, the ev- evidence of my cesareans is still there. It's not going anywhere. Um, and um, yeah, every time you're in the bath, you see it, don't you? Um, I, I don't, um, what do I think? Oh, God, you've, you've got me thinking a bit now. Don't know. Uh, I mean, I didn't want a cesarean because I was scared of it. But then, I mean, giving birth was, you know, it it was just horrible, I think, generally. How long did your, your labours go on for? Mm, about uh, 16 hours, something like that. They were both pretty speedy for 
what? <laughs> Speedy. Oh, I mean, I've talked to some people. I've had one guest whose birth lasted a week, a full week. Yeah. Okay. So I felt like, you know, I ex- escaped fairly lightly. Yeah, I suppose you I suppose you did. You see, that's the thing with elective cesareans. You go in and once you're in the operating theatre, it is all over. You see the you see your baby within what is it? It's probably about 11 or 12 minutes. It's amazing, isn't it? It, it is. But amazing. do you do, I mean like when they they numbed you up, it's like a kind of epidural, isn't it? To Yes, the block in your in the back base of your yeah. spine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you what did you feel when they cut into you? Do you feel anything? Somebody described no. it as rummaging around in a washing up bowl. No, I, I know that's what people always say. It, to me, it honestly felt like somebody was going into my stomach and pulling a baby out. That's what it, <laughs> that, that is what it felt like. But it wasn't painful. You couldn't see it, it though, did you? Have a little kind of no, curtain the screen thing. Is, the screen's up, so you don't yeah. you don't see a thing. I think I think there are some women who can now, or you know, I'm sure I could have asked to see it, but I think it's probably quite troubling. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd, I wouldn't want to see it, but I mean. Um, I don't think I'd fancy seeing it. It's um, in my second birth, actually, interestingly, there were no men in the room apart from her dad. Interesting. Uh, and I, that I think there was something very special about that for me. Yeah. And my anaesthetist was also pregnant. And um, I just remember, I remember an incre- an overwhelming feeling of support in that room, actually. Um, you know, it may, it may, I still think about that. It was, it was a really, and particularly because I'd, a couple of, the year before I'd had two miscarriages in one year. And, and mm. um, you know, obviously it's all in your records. And I think um, they, they just, they were just really sweet to me in, in that birth. I remember thinking, oh, this, this feels really sisterly and um, this, is, this is just really nice. Yeah, I think when they're good, it's very easy to fall in love with your midwives yes. and anybody yes. who's... Well, I think you do do that a bit. Yeah. Um, and also just, in, I know it sounds funny, but sort of murmuring words of encouragement to me, like, oh, you're doing really well here. And of course, <laughs> I wasn't actually doing anything. <laughs> Well done, you. Yeah, I was just sort of lying there, but it felt like um, a kind of obstetric um, pat on the head. Or uh, I remember one of my my first news editor in local radio when he praised me. It just felt I felt like a trillion dollars. (laughs) And um, but this was an even better feeling to be told by somebody in an operating theatre that I was doing really well. Well, you're not freaking out, I guess. So. That's no, good. I suppose that's true. I wasn't. Yes. I was immobilised on, <laughs> on an operating theatre table. Um, mm. I was going to ask you about that that a moment, because what we've uh, discussed in previous episodes is, that, is this potential, not always there, moment of euphoria when you give birth, when, when it slides out and you've done it, mm. and whether you feel the same thing um, when when the baby is sort of lifted out and it's done. Did you get that moment? Of you, how did you feel at that moment? Oh, um, I would say emphatically, yes. And whenever people say, oh, uh, being, uh, you know, being a woman is very difficult and um, there are so many challenges, and, and yes, and there can be, um, even for those of us who've led very fortunate lives like me, have had moments where I've just thought it must be a hell of a lot easier to be a man. However, <laughs> where we win is in those moments um, because they will never know. <laughs> they, can, they can never know. Um, and I'm, I'm speaking personally here, but of course, I, I think 
with my second daughter, the, the, I just remember looking at her thinking after the miscarriages and everything else, mm. um, just thinking, that's it, I'm done, I'm, I'm complete. Uh, I'm complete is the, is the, it's over. I just remember thinking, this is a bizarre set of thoughts, but those were the things going through my head. And, and gra- immense gratitude. Yes. Um, for a multitude of reasons, I think. But I think I think I had the same thought the second time round, but I think it was tied up in... Well, actually, I didn't get it until I was sewn up, but um, I, I, it was tied up in I never have to do that again, which I think felt very profound as a, you know, I yes. never have to go through that yeah. horrific experience again. Oh, I'm done. God. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you see, I can't... I, well, I sort of can relate to that and I can't. I, I remember thinking... I do. I totally get what you mean in the sense that I knew then that I felt terribly blessed. Terribly is the wrong, but terribly mm. blessed to have two children, and I did not. I knew I never wanted to go through the um, the process again because it's it's a it's quite an effort to uh, to, <laughs> to be pregnant and to. Um, to put to go through some of the indignities that are heaped upon you at that point, and to and to go through the after, you know, the months and the years afterwards. Um, and I, um, I could not have had a third child. No, um, I just, I just couldn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I kind of wanted one, maybe to get a girl, but I just couldn't have contemplated it again. It felt well, like I, too much. Yeah, I think. Um, I just, I mean, if I'd had two boys, I'd have been just as happy as I am with two two girls. So I never, yeah. I I never felt any. Um, I, I I'm one of two sisters, so to have two daughters myself felt. I think that also added to my idea idea of completion in mm. a funny in a funny way. I kind of only mean it in a sense of curiosity, and that I'd be interested to see how they turned out. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, I'm, my sister has two sons, so. Um, oh, so you can see. Yes, I can. Helpful. Got <laughs> idea. We talk, and we do, and there is. It is. It is different. It is very different. Um, something I've wanted to do on Woman's Hour for a long time, actually. We haven't got much time left to do it, so I'm going to have to do it. But <laughs> squeeze it in. When, squeeze it in between now and December. Is is um, whether women's lives are very different, or how different they are when they grow up in a ma- when they live in a male-dominated household. Yes. Um, and I do think um, it's very different for my female friends and, and my sister, who are the only woman in a household of majority male. Yeah. Household. I mean, we've it's... got a female dog, and I honestly feel that that makes a bit of a balance because otherwise, yeah. I think I'd yeah, feel okay. very outnumbered. I can see, I can see that, and I do think the the d- dynamic is very, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. Anyway. That's another, that's a topic for another day. That's your next podcast. <laughs> I'm interested though in you saying that, you know, women win by getting that moment of you, you know, completion and euphoria. Do you really think because I, I my husband often says that he wants me to do um, you know, a, a, a sort of male special of this uh, this podcast where I interview yeah. the dads and I'm like I don't care. Um, I only want to interview the women and he could do it himself, but I think he would maybe argue that at that moment the dad does feel the same euphoria and it may be even heightened because it's not accompanied by terror and mm. soreness and things Pain like that. Mm. And bleeding. Yes. Maybe it's better um, for them. I Well, we'll never know, will we? No. Um, I suspect that it's not anywhere near the euphoric. And also, I, when you've had a caesarean, and particularly an elective, so I wasn't 
tired and exhausted because I hadn't been in labour yes. for hours and d- or days beforehand. Um, I was basically fine. And um, you get this wonderful moment where you, you're, give, you're, you're if you're fortunate enough to have a healthy child, you're, you're, you're allowed to carry your child back to the, because um, you're put into um, maternal intensive care for a, an hour, a couple of hours after the operation. And um, you're wheeled back through the corridors of the hospital and everyone stops you, has a look at the baby, congratulates you. It's, <laughs> it's like a lap wonderful. of honour. It is like a lap of honour around the hospital. And I, uh, you're filled with drugs, you're in no pain whatsoever, and you've produced this incredible human being. Um, and th- these are priceless, uh, priceless moments. They don't go on for long. And from memory, about is it about two hours after the cesarean, you start to feel the first pain, uh-huh. <laughs> and then it's downhill from there. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I've actually just had abdominal surgery. Oh, and. There's a if if a man I always think I'd love to be a bloke who has his appendix out, uh, because presumably you are then allowed to lie around in bed listening to audio books and watching football uh, on your tablet or whatever. Whereas a woman having had major abdominal surgery like a cesarean section, you know you're you're up half the night for mm. the next sort of three or four years and um, <laughs> and you're expected to be a sort of 24-hour-a-day one-stop cafe for this um, sproglet. Um, yeah. And I'd never had any sort of operation, apart from a DNC actually, until I had a, C- a C-section. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I know, and they say a... when you've had a cesarean, you're not allowed to lift anything. It's like I've always wondered, mm. how how is that possible? Uh, well, it's not, is it? No. I don't know quite why you can't drive for six weeks. That was always a bit of a... I don't really understand No, that. I don't see that particularly. But not lifting just seems like something that is an impossibility. Well, I tell you what is what does feel like an impossibility after a caesarean is going, going to the toilet. Well... I mean, as someone um, who had a third degree tear, I can tell you it's okay. not great you, either way. I, okay, that, that, um, <laughs> yes, I can't, I truly can't imagine actually what that's <laughs> like. Well, maybe I can because actually after, so my daughter was born on December the 18th, as it turns out. Um, I was, <laughs> Did you I have was, a Christmas poo? <laughs> Uh, to celebrate, I do. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Please, Beth, take this seriously. Um, I was discharged from hospital because uh, she didn't feed properly, and oh, you know all the usual. I wasn't discharged until the twenty third of December of nineteen ninety nine. Oh, that is cutting it fine. It was a little bit, and I don't know why. And really, we sh- clearly shouldn't have done this, but we had the family round for Christmas. <laughs> now, right. Um, on <laughs> fast forward to Christmas morning, where I am so constipated oh. that, that I cannot. Uh, um, Didn't it, they give it, you the, all the la- the uh, the fibre gel? I had so much fibre gel, Beth. I had I had the fibre gel was piling up in in the hallway along with all the bottled water, uh, but um, I still as my late grandmother would have said, I still couldn't go. So on Christmas morning, and I'd also, um, in some sort of stupor, um, I mean, this is a podcast for people who are interested in this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, we get as graphic as proper as possible. Oh, absolutely. I'd I'd shoved a maternity pad um, down the toilet as well and blocked it. So just to give you something else to deal with. Yeah, just, you know, just for something else. Uh, We needed an emergency plumber and... 
um, we needed, my poor dad had to go driving around London, not a city he knows, to try and find an emergency chemist to get more laxatives for me. Um, it was, and I couldn't sort out breastfeeding either. I just I remember my sister and I went up to my bedroom in the middle of the afternoon on Christmas Day and started fiddling about with a breast pump. <laughs> just, we just, I think I ended up crying or laughing or both. I can't remember what it was, but... Uh, Oh, like I say, my daughter's nearly 21. We laugh about it now. <laughs> we have to laugh because otherwise we'd cry. <laughs> yes. Well, yes, yeah, I quite. had a Christmas baby and, and um, I was in such pain that I could only stand. I couldn't sit oh, down. No. When and, was um, the baby born exactly? Uh, he was born on the 19th. Yes. And um, on the 25th, I was standing in my brother-in-law's flat and I couldn't sit down and I stood for four hours just standing. Just standing up. Sort of trying yeah. to bear it, thinking, this is not how I want to spend Christmas Day. Uh, it's what the baby Jesus would have wanted. Though, oh, yes, I, that's I true. Yeah. I honestly think people need to, if, they, if you are trying to have a baby, and but just think about it. If you're, if you're having lots of sex in, is it late March? Yeah, um, you, it's yeah, kind of Easter just time, isn't it? think about it. You know, think about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but lots yeah. of people try to have their babies in September, so they start at Christmas, and then maybe it just doesn't work, and then it, it takes a while. That's that's what I always yeah. think. Okay, yeah. Um, but as well as that advice, um, if you had to go back and give yourself a thorough talking to, um, mm. what kind of thing would you say to yourself to make life easier? About birth or about parenthood? Um, birth, I think. This is quite birth. focused on that moment. I think... Oh, the birth. It was... I'll try not to heap any kind of idiotic expectation of perfection on yourself. Mm. Um, but also, you can have faith and you should have faith in the professionals. Um, I, do, I, do, I really do mean it when I say I had quite exemplary care before the birth at antenatal clinics and I, by the way I also went to everything I was the sort of person who attended everything oh, absolutely, available yes um, and I sought out additional advice and I also volunteered for um, a research project in my pregnancy oh yes you said the placenta child. was taken away Yes, that's right. That's right. That's it. I, I because I was because I'd had the miscarriage and I was very concerned about as everybody is when they're pregnant. I signed up to a project where I had to go for a scan, really very frequently. I think it was about every two or even every two weeks it might have been or every three weeks. It was brilliant because I got to see um, her really regularly. Um, and I really appreciated it. It, me mm. it meant that I could keep faith in the pregnancy, which if you've had a miscarriage, people will understand. Yeah, you want constant I mean. reassurance all yeah. the time. Yeah. And so because of that, they were they were interested in um, various things. So I think it was a research project to do with blood supply through the placenta. And anyway, whatever it was, I was really glad I'd signed up for it. And um, it, that meant that afterwards my placenta, her placenta, uh, was taken away. Our placenta was taken away in a taxi as soon as, as, soon as she was born. <laughs> Only so the best. I did get, yes, I did get to look at it as well. And um, that was... <laughs> it's like chopped liver, doesn't it? Well, it's not one for Instagram, is it really? Um, <laughs> no, um, but it, everyone should... I suppose everyone should know. It's. I think... Um, you can you can worry too much about the birth because your experience and mine are very very different mm. but we were both fortunate in having healthy children and mm. on the whole um 
that's where the whole thing. Sh your, your, sorry, I'm going to phrase this. Um, they're here, and you never want them to go anywhere. And um, bringing them up is a damn sight harder than giving birth to them. However, <laughs> the birth happens. <laughs> yes, and, uh, and it much more long-winded. <laughs> yes, a birth is not the end of anything. It's it's the beginning of <laughs> what, what's turned out to be quite a commitment in my, in my case. <laughs> Apparently, quite a commitment. Yes. yes. Well, like, well, exactly. But it's funny because it, it's not really, isn't it stupid how we don't really think it through in that way? Oh, no, I, it's I such a shock. I suppose you wouldn't do it at all, would you, if you really thought about it? No, it's true. And largely mm. you forget a bit about the birth, which is probably helpful as well. Yes, yeah. A kind of cushion. Yeah, yeah and I I, um, I think as well sometimes the... The after effects of the of the of a C section shouldn't be underestimated. You do feel really quite ropey for quite some time afterwards. And again, I've nothing to compare it to, so I can't. I don't know about recovery rates in in women who gave birth naturally, but um, I do know that I felt quite weak and quite mm. debilitated um, for for some some time afterwards. Probably I wasn't fit enough. I'm probably fitter now actually than I was when I had the children. Oh yeah, I'm um, far fitter now than I was mm. then. Yeah. yeah, but well, I think, yes, again, every, everybody's different and some people bounce back much quicker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was a wreck, but, you know. A wreck? Yeah, yeah. It just took me ages. Psychologically to, or physically? Both, I think. It took me ages to recover. Ages mm -hmm. and ages, but, Yeah, you know. I think you do have to be very kind to yourself. And I think another thing I feel strongly about is that um, you should be allowed to... Don't pay too, any, too much attention to the older generation, choosing my words carefully here, but sometimes older relatives can chip in with their <laughs> possibly well-intentioned advice, but, um, you know, Sodom. Yes, um, do, I've do found that way with advice. And, I mean, I always ask my guests for a piece of advice um, at the end of the show, and what I do with that advice is I'm going to crowbar it all into a really badly scanning poem, and I'm going to send right. it to my local paper, who will refuse to print it because it's got the word vagina in it. Um, oh, yes, we can't In say other that. words, I discard the advice and it never sees the light of day because um, I think there's, there is no advice in this show. It's only stories and we yeah, all do it I our own I, way. I think you're absolutely right. I think advice is a very... I'm all for information and honesty, but who am I to advise anyone? Um, I, I got a lot wrong and some stuff right. And um, and most of that, most of the stuff I got right was by pure fluke. Um, <laughs> the, the, the only thing I am absolutely fanatical about is immunisations. <laughs> so, oh, uh, well, let us not accept any other no. <laughs> viewpoint. <laughs> no, for God's sake. No, I, yeah. I agree about that. That's the only mm. piece of advice. Get all the injections. Get them. Yes. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Jane, for being such a wonderful guest and allowing us to peer up your baby portal, so frankly. <laughs> it's, it's a great pleasure. And um, all I, I've got very much to look forward to. What am I, let me try and... God, I, somehow I make my living as a broadcaster. It's incredible, isn't it? Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? What I've got to look forward to now in my life, I'm 56, so I can, I'm just going to focus on being the most interfering and uh, phenomenally over-informed grandmother. Oh, uh, that at, sounds marvellous. Some, some point in the next decade, I hope that to be my role, which I'm looking forward to. Isn't that your new radio show right there? <laughs> interfering granny. Yes. yes. Um, well, I should say sounds like a format. That, I'm not close to that quite yet. My kids are horrified, <laughs> but um, that's, that's what I imagine. Yes, that's going to be my new show. That'll be it, <laughs> yes. Can't wait. That sounds brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> 
for listening hope we didn't put you off this beautiful life enhancing rite of passage see you next time you're a fan of all things geeky you're going to love concessions a brand new podcast by comedian matt Hinton and myself beck hill where we interview your favorite cult heroes at comic cons all across the world we've got stars from star wars harry potter the walking dead and more make sure you tune in soon to con sessions planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.